realized like I was chilling with like normal people, drink, smoke pot, like, and then I started doing cocaine and then I realized like all my new friends, all they did was cocaine. And then all my current friends, they also started doing it. You know, it was yeah. just like this huge flip. I don't want to say I was the one that let it. Maybe I was because I always had some. <laughs> what an eye-opening transformation. This week, I talked to Jake. That's right, there's two of us today about his transformation from addict to online business owner. Jake is a friend of mine that I met down in Mexico that by the time we met was on a completely new journey from his shenanigans of his previous life. In such, in such a short period, Jake has managed to change his environment, his career and his attitude to create a life that many would dream of. So join me as we find out exactly how he has gone from recovering addict to running an exploding online business in just under a year. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Jake, and you are listening to The Success Shift, a show where perfection does not exist, but learning and growth take center stage. Have you ever felt stuck, like you're doing all the work but not getting the results? Maybe you feel like there's something missing. Perhaps there is some sort of internal shift that's needed to really get you to that next stage of success. Well, buckle up and join me as we jump into the minds of those who have been successful in their field and dive a little deeper into what is actually needed to get you to that next level. Is success just a state of mind? Does believing you're successful act as a catalyst to greater success? Is it something we can work on, or are some people just luckier than others? No matter what you're into or where your passion lies, if you're wanting change or a shift in perspective, then you are definitely going to want to tune in. Alrighty, listeners, if this is your very first episode of The Success Shift, welcome, welcome. This show is designed for growth and development, and as such, what you're about to hear is the raw and unedited interview, because this show actually started as a bit more of a live show on Facebook and YouTube. As I wanted to grow it, I needed to bring it over onto a different platform, which is where I have it now. However, I have kept the raw material as was, so you can see where it's come from and hopefully where it's going to and the growth that happens along the way. So with that, please enjoy. If you'd like to skip forward to the exact interview without the intro, then please skip ahead to the seven minute mark. All right, all right, all right. I believe we are live, ready to go for episode six of the Success Shift. Hope everyone's having a great holiday break. We're a couple of days away from Christmas. We'll be starting in just a couple of minutes. Couple minutes to go. I said I hope everyone's having an excellent Christmas holiday. I'm here with my Santa hat on, even though I think it's for children. It's very tight on my head. 
uh, we'll be beginning shortly. Six of the success shift. I am joined with Jake, another Jake. We've got two of us on today. Uh, we're here on the success shift trying to figure out the mindset of what it takes uh, to create success in any way, shape, or form. Uh, getting into the minds of people and finding out whether or not believing you're successful helps to act as a catalyst to grow that success and uh, what it actually takes to get through some, some major challenges and hurdles within, within your life, what's going on on the inside as well as on the outside. So I'm joined with Jake today. How are you doing today, Jake? Good. Thanks for having me, Mr. Jake. Miss you, brother. It's, it's awesome meeting you, Sayulita. It's been a little while. It but, has been. Yeah, I'm actually headed back. I just booked a flight last night. I'm going back February 14th for like a week. I saw that. You must be stoked. I was a bit jealous. When yeah, I saw I'm that. stoked. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So yeah, I got to meet Jake, luckily enough, in Sayulita, down in Mexico, um, both traveling. And um, since then, we became friends and parted ways, had to move on. I'm now in Germany. He's back in the States. 
But since mm-hmm. since then, have you been to Costa Rica and doing a little bit of fish following, I believe? Yeah, no, it's been a great couple months. Uh, traveled around the United States, went to Washington, California, Vegas, Colorado, New Jersey, now I'm back in Pennsylvania. Had a little trip to Costa Rica a little uh, couple of weeks ago. I guess I've been back for like almost two weeks now. Nice. Crazy. Time flies. Yeah, I know. You've been traveling around quite a bit. So when I met Jake, you were just on the backside of a very big transformation in your life, weren't you? Yeah, totally. So basically when I met you, I guess it was around February time. And it was like, it's pretty good. I basically lost my job, yep. gotten sober, newly sober, and was pretty much just restarting on everything. Pretty broke, living in Mexico, having a good time, but not really exactly where I wanted to be. Uh, it was just like the build up time and still a good time, but just transformation mode. Yeah. So you've been on a bit of a, you were on a bit of a journey. I didn't meet you obviously before you, you changed, but do you want to share us a little bit about of your story to us about sort of where you were at maybe six months before or a little bit before that and uh, sort of how you got there or where you sort of found yourself i'll start a little earlier yeah so basically for the past i had like uh grew up orthodox jewish so a pretty crazy like different lifestyle than most uh went to jewish school growing up from when i was like 14 i kind of like bounced out of that lifestyle but still lived my parents home so i had to like fake wearing a yarmulke fake kosher and stuff like that and then by the time i was like 15 i got to go to public school and that was like a dream come true and i'm just like i get to go to public school i'm like everyone else i don't have to go to this all boys like it's called the yeshiva yeah uh, just that school so i get to go to public school and at the beginning it was like fuck yeah i could smoke weed uh okay <laughs> i can be free <laughs> yeah i'm free i'm free from this and yeah. then of course it turned out not what i expected i uh basically was not ready like the the school i transferred from they messed up my transcripts. I got put all in the wrong classes and failed miserably at public school. And it's just like, uh, they're like, if you want to graduate on time, then you have to do like, like two more years, one extra year in summer school for the next three, three years till you graduate. If you want to graduate, I'm like, well, that's wow. not happening. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I ended up getting caught with, with some, some weed in school and they, uh, they arrested me and, uh, made me go to a, like an outpatient rehab. Oh, so wow. I didn't want to go. I, mean, I was like 15. I'm like, smoking pot. I'm not like, I'm yeah. not crazy. I don't belong here, you know? So I, they made me like this, this ultimatum. Like you can either drop out and not go to rehab or you can uh, go to rehab and then come back, come back to school and take three years, th- like an extra year to graduate. I'm like, I'm dropping out of school. <laughs> yeah. That's great. You know, what like, kind of ultimatum uh, is that to a 15 year old? It's just like, uh, plan A, please. See ya. Yeah, yeah. So I dropped out the day I turned 16 and then worked some odd jobs for a little while, ended up moving out of, uh, moving out of my parents' house when I was like 17 and with a couple buddies and got a job in a restaurant. And it was like a really nice restaurant. I did the dishes. When I finished the dishes, they let me do some prep. And I kind of fell in love with food there. Nice. I always loved eating, loved cooking, like kind of loved cooking. And from there, I just like, let's try culinary school, you know? Yeah. So I went to culinary school in New York City. It was like a really good one. Still paying it back. Uh, <laughs> and kind of just like 
took it on. I'm like, I'm going to cook in these, these really nice restaurants. So I did that for a few years. I realized like this also fucking sucks. It's like endless work. It, Tough no money. Involved. And I'm just like, yeah, screw this. So after when I was like 19, I started traveling. So I went to Israel, Italy, Switzerland, and Holland on like this three month trip. Nice. And it was like, all right, that's what I really wanted. Forget cooking, forget every, anything else. All I want yeah. to do is travel. <clears throat> so from there, got back, worked a bit, worked at some more restaurants, made some more money, took a road trip to California uh, when I was 19, still 19. And I loved it. And I'm like, all right, I want to live in California. Screw the East Coast. Screw the cold on the East Coast. Like, yep. I get to be on the beach. And I ended up moving to San Diego and staying there for like four years. Yeah, nice. So that's like, leading up to nine, 16 to 23. So that's nine years, when that's right. Um, <laughs> Seven, but it's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So from there in California, I got to see the band Fish. So yep. Fish completely changed my life. It's given me a new reason to live. And it was just the most exciting thing I've ever done. Like I saw this band once, then I'm like, all right, I'm going to see them as much as possible. Since then, I've seen them like, I think like 85 times. Holy shit. Up, yeah, we're gearing up for next week. They're playing four nights at Madison Square Garden. Hopefully no. it doesn't get canceled. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed for sure. It's not looking too good, but worst comes to worst, like we'll figure it out from there. Yeah. But yeah, so when I was following Fish, I moved back to the East Coast from California on 2019 and I found this company it's called section 119 and it's basically it's like designer designer apparel yeah fish and dead band uh brand not band uh and they make these like really luxurious like beautiful shirts stoop jackets ties I mean they have a whole line of clothing now so they gave me a job yep and uh it was awesome in the beginning I'm like sweet I have like a real job it's like a salary position and I started as the guy who shipped orders out of their New York City basement. And I was terrible. I was terrible. <laughs> hey, you got to so, start somewhere. It was like a total mess. I made it a worse mess. And I was shipping the wrong orders, shipping the wrong quantities. And it was not set up for success. And I didn't succeed at it. <laughs> but I was still driven. I still showed up. And I wanted to make it. I wanted to make the job work. I believed in the brand. So... What we did was we hired a, it was like straight e-commerce brand, it uh, hosted on Shop Shopify and uh, what's it called? We started, when I joined, it was like end of 2019 or towards the end of 2019, like Q4 of 2019, the beginning of it. And uh, we're doing maybe a thousand bucks a month in orders, a uh, thousand bucks a month in sales, like not, not enough to survive, not a sustainable business, definitely yeah. not enough to like pay staff, but the owner had a vision and he was going to make this thing successful and I got to be on the team. So what we did was nice we hired a fulfillment company and then COVID rolled around and uh, I took over as sole customer service agent um, working remotely because COVID happened. We had to close everything down. Yeah. And uh, from there, I really just kind of took on more responsibility. We hired a new CEO and COVID happened, so we started selling masks. So within the first like five days of like mask mandates, we sold like 25 G's worth of masks on like that day. And we're like, holy wow. crap, we're selling something. Yeah. 
So we use that and we got this new CEO and we use that as like momentum to just keep growing and keep scaling. Hired a new ads guy. We uh, hired a marketing manager and come Q4 of, of 2020, we're, we're approaching like 3 million sales. And I'm like, I started wow. as the sole, uh, sole customer service agent. Then we hired three more. I turned into this uh, point of communication for the 3PL fulfillment center. We had an outsourced return center because it was nice clothes and like returns are huge. Um, so we wanted to confirm that our product was like coming back proper and being repackaged properly. So it's basically like customer service manager. We had assistant marketing team. We had the outsourced fulfillment uh, site that I was the point of contact to and then the returns and just reported directly to the CEO that kind of just gave me these keys to drive. And it was awesome. Like all of a sudden it's like this awesome business. The money was all right. I was able to live in Mexico doing it. Nice. And I had this, like this job that like gave me into, got me into the tech world. And I'm like, this is great. I have this awesome job. It's directly related to my favorite thing, fish and a grateful dead. And life really couldn't be better. I'm living, I'm living in Mexico. Yeah. So of course all good things come crashing down. Basically my partying got a little out of control. Um, and I kind of lost focus of it. And basically it led to me getting terminated from the job because, because it's a minor funny mistakes, but I won't super get into that. But it just made me realize like after all these years of like partying yeah. and just like going hard, you know, just like rock and roll lifestyle. I mean, I drove my credit to shit. I lived in a van for years in California. It was just like nothing matters about except for now. I finally realized like all this partying is just like, I'm not happy with it. I'm, fake. Yeah. I'm putting on a thought about being like, Endless like sort of like oh you know like temporary happiness to like hide the, the unhappiness. Happiness. Yeah. Exactly. So I basically like I've I've tried to get sober before. I, I always denied like trying to get sober, but like internally I'm like, I'm not I'm not gonna party today. I'm not gonna party today and like end up doing it. Nick, yeah, uh, next week. Yeah. Um and this time I'm like <laughs> if I wanna do this, I can't do it by myself, you know, like I can't I can't get sober on my own. Like it was time like I was, I was pretty like emotionally beat from getting fired from this job that I loved so, so much, you know? Yeah. And it was so good to do. I mean, didn't, wasn't prepared financially to get fired, like partying, living paycheck to paycheck, but it's all good. Money's coming in, money's going out, but there will be more money coming in. And I was just like, okay, like money's not coming in anymore. Money's not coming in. Yeah. Like, fuck, what do I do? So from there, I, um, from there, I got some help. I went to um, a 12-step meeting in Mexico. I wasn't sure if I was like, I don't know if I'm an alcoholic. I don't know if I'm a drug addict. I just know I'm miserable right now, and I want to do drugs and drink alcohol because I'm miserable. Yeah. And after talking to a bunch of people, hearing their stories, I realized like we're all pretty, like everyone in these rooms are pretty similar. Like they all have kind of similar stories. Some are more intense than others. Uh, and I related to them and I started like working these steps. I didn't, didn't really believe them, but I'm like, what else am I going to do? Yeah. If I don't do this, I'm going to probably ruin what I got going like three weeks sober that I have. I, I remember I did like 21 days completely sober. I'm like, I think this is the longest I've ever been sober in my adult life. You know, this is crazy. Yeah, right. you know? 
And uh, I didn't want to lose that. You know, I was holding on to the little time I had and I just kept doing it. And like now it's been, it's been over 10 months. I'm approaching my year. Nice. And I'm so grateful to be sober. I mean, the way it turned around, like the comeback is like, I mean, now I have, I, in between, in between, in between losing, losing my job, I found another job pretty quick. It wasn't, it was a great experience. The money was complete trash, but like kind of learned some extra skills on top of the skills <laughs> that I had gained previous, uh, previous job. Yeah. And now I have a fully functioning business, you know, like I have, I do e-com, uh, e-com consulting strategy and marketing and there's just such a mark there's such a market for these businesses that just want to like take the next step and i have these little little power moves that i can just go in and be like so what we got to do here this is what we got to do here and just boost the revenue and they're just like how did you do that how did you, you know? do that yeah yeah how did you do that <laughs> and it's like it could be anything it could be like you're paying too much for fulfillment you're spending all your time shipping your orders let's get you into a, a center all right you're already in a center. They suck at it. Your customers are getting the wrong items. Let's move centers. All right. You're so big that you're paying them so much. Let's start your own place that ships like, and yeah. you know, from email marketing, ads, SEO, you know, it's, it's, it's a cool world. And I'm just lucky that like, um, every day was spent learning, even though like, I mean, I wasn't sober for a long time, but I still like had this, this professional drive, but I was, satisfied with it because i was able to work get monday by. through friday yeah and get paid do whatever i want on the weekends live in a nice area have a nice house and that's all it was you know yeah um, so and now it's like oh go ahead so were you so obviously you said you first got caught when you were 15 and is that yeah. sort of when it started so did you continue just to get heavier and heavier into drugs and alcohol like from then on or did you sort of hit a point where you were like sort of dove so, in head first sort of thing or was it just a gradual uh, it was it was gradual um it was definitely gradual so basically i mean it was smoke pot and like psychedelics love psychedelics for years yeah uh and then when i moved to california i stayed clear of like the powders like cocaine ketamine uh all that stuff for for a while and then i just kind of I mean, I had tried it a few times. I'm like, this shit's stupid. It doesn't even work. Yeah. And then, then I'm like, yeah, but like, it's something to do. And then from there, like, tried it a few more times. Then, I'm, then, I remember, I remember like so clearly that I started doing like cocaine every so often, and yeah. then I realized everyone I knew was also doing it. Yeah. You know, like, it's funny. Like, like, one day I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I've done cocaine like three times this week. And then I remember saying to myself, like, yeah, I'm not going to do this all the time, but like, I'll keep going hard until I get my first nosebleed, you know, I'm like, setting, you know, if that's setting then, that at the level, you said week, I just realized like, I was chilling with like normal people drink, smoke pot, like, and then I started doing cocaine. And then I realized like all my new friends all they did was cocaine. And then all my current friends, they also started doing it. You know, it was yeah. just like this huge flip. I don't want to say I was the one that let it. Maybe I was because I always had some sort of like <laughs> selling it. And like, yeah. it was it was just this like transformation. Like, what just happened? Are we in the twilight zone? You well, know? One minute you're trying it for the first time. Yeah. The next minute you're around all your friends with a big uh-huh. bag. Like, well, that yeah. escalated yeah. fucking quickly, didn't yeah. it? And then from there, um, I got my first nosebleed and <laughs> like, I remember looking, I didn't tell anyone. I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to keep going to like get a nosebleed, you know? And then I looked down, like, 
snot rocking. I'm like, oh shit, it's here. And then never, that, that was, was game over. It was really game over, you know? Yeah. And I just got getting more and more and more um, till, I mean, I had an apartment and then I'm like, I'm getting a van because screwing, screw paying rent. And it was awesome getting a van, you know? Yeah. Like I didn't have to pay rent. It was, it was pretty cool. It was old and shitty, but pretty cool. And I just like lived in my van and like, all of a sudden I'm like, yo, if I, if I don't have all these bills, like I don't really have to work that much. So I stopped working as much. I mean, I, I pulled, I pulled work, but it was like this, this mindset of like, let's it's today. I'm not going to like, I'm not getting old. I was like 23. I'm like, I'm not getting old. I'm not being like these, these people that have like their freaking hat on. It was just like fucking, I don't, I don't even know how to describe them, but I had just this trash mindset yeah. of like, I'm do whatever I want. And it was fun. <laughs> it was yeah. so much fun. That's the hard part, isn't it? It's fun. I, I, I maxed out credit cards. I didn't pay bills. I'm like, yes, what are you going to do? Like, so what? Ruin my credit doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. And now I'm like paying those all back. You You're know? Like, damn like, it. Repercussions. Yeah, here yeah. they come. That was fun, but was it? You know? Yeah. It was fun and... in the now, but not in the, uh, not now, now. It's not fun. Yeah, I, I know that feeling sometimes where you're just like, this is going to be a great time and then fuck what happens in the future. And then, you know, you come yeah. to like two months later and you're like, damn it. I you really can make it just that past day, you know? Yeah. So totally. what was it? Because obviously you lost that job at Fish, which you loved, right? You were saying mm -hmm. it was one of your favorite jobs because I, I, I know how much you love Fish from the small time I met you. Um, what was the point? Was So you said you tried to get sober a few times. Was there a certain particular point where you were like, fuck, this is enough. Like, I'm going to try for the first time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had gotten, it's not like the only time I got caught up by the law when I was like 15 years old. Like it happened again um, before this job that I got, like on summer tour 2019, just partying, got really sloppy, got caught. Yeah. They made me, they made me go to rehab and I'm like, I'm not going to rehab. You know, like, I mean, I, I went, I, I'm like, I am going to rehab, yeah. but I don't belong here. You know, like I'm, I'm doing my thing and crushing it like i'm doing what i want and crushing it on what i want uh and you're sticking me in this pen with all these guys that are like recovering from heroin and yeah. i'm like dude like, you guys are at your own i, I went in with this disgusting ego it was just like i'm crushing uh, like i just got off fish store i just saw like 20 24 shows in a row in like 15 different states and moved to new york in the process and then hit like three major festivals and like did it kind of profitably and uh and then i got a job in the middle like they said that, like they knew what's going on the, yeah. the the fish job and they're like all right like go and come back and then you're good and then they just i, I end up in this rehab and it's just like i'm like on cloud nine and like from cloud nine seeing all these fish shows traveling doing my thing to you're in rehab it's like yeah. you're a slammer i can imagine oh, that would have been so from there I mean, I had to get sober, but like the second I got out, like, like I'm, uh, you know, I'm not trying to get sober. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't ready. You I know? suppose you weren't getting so, sober for you the first time, really. You're only doing it because you got caught. Like, it wasn't, yeah, exactly. it wasn't. I'm trying to get sober for me because I feel like I need to. It was, damn it, I got exactly. caught, and now I'm forced to be in this place. It's like, no, I haven't hit the bottom. Like, I'm feeling great. This is, this life's great for me. So exactly, exactly. So, get out. so once, yeah, once fish came back from fall tours, it's back at it, and then. In between that, so it's like fall 2019 to 
uh, beginning of 2021. There's been a couple times where I'm just like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. But like, I wasn't, you know, like, yeah. you know, like I, I wake up and I'm like, I'm not going to do anything crazy today. I toned it back a little bit compared to what it was before while living in the van, but it was just, it was just time. Yeah. And so when, yeah, you- once, once I lost that job, it was like, dude, I am emotionally broken right now. Like I have nothing to turn to. I have no money to crawl myself. Up. And like, what's it called? And then all the, so I lost the job, but then all the shit from that piled up from the van life days, like that started coming back and yeah. it's just like, bam. And I'm just like, dude, I'm done, you know? Yeah. yeah. And the only way to be able to fix it was to stop and throw in the cards, you know? Yeah, so like, kind of like hitting that rock bottom. You're like, well, I'm emotionally broken, and now everything from my past is piling on top of me. What the fuck am I gonna do? So yeah, exactly. Took the took the uh, the smart option. So what was kind of going through your mind when you sort of had that change? You were like, I need to go to rehab. I need help. Like, did you know where to look, or were you just like, someone please? Well, I mean, I had been to like AA and NA meetings. I always thought they were the stupidest thing in the world. Yeah. Uh, I remember someone saying, like, I mean, I just know people that stick around there, stay sober. Yeah. And I knew I couldn't do it on my own. So I didn't go to rehab the second time. I just went to went to an AA meeting. I like looked up. We're in Silita. I looked up on a Facebook group. Uh, hey, any AA meetings around here? And like someone, someone. Uh, I remember my buddy who I, I partied there, just like party with and silly to like saw it and like reacted on Facebook like oh shit yeah. oh whoops <laughs> yeah. and then someone someone sent me a number so I, I deleted my post shamefully deleted my post yeah. and then whatsapp the number I'm like hey like is there a meeting like yeah there's one today and I'm like sweet so I went and it was just vibed out like I've been to some like really hood hood meetings and like Atlantic City, New Jersey, and it was just like there's this woman just different. sitting up telling her story and like literally just yelling at everyone, just like very aggressively about like her story. And it was just like a dark vibe, which I mean her story is her story. But this one was like AA by the beach in Mexico. People there were pretty senior um to the program. So their life was pretty pretty much a lot better than it was. Yeah. Or mine at the point at that point. And it was just like positive and like just like powerful you know like i'm hearing like stories and stuff and i'm just like and it's all the thing i like about aa is just it's from an i format not a you should format it's like this is what happened to me this is what i did about it this is what was recommended to me and here's what it is now yeah. and kind of i was I, I needed i needed something and that caught and i uh and i just kept going you know Got a sponsor, working steps. I'm still working the steps. I'm almost almost done. Should probably work them a little harder. But I mean, there's this sense of just like gratefulness that like, all right, I can finally start pushing forward with my life. You know, like I can all this, like they say, I forget what it is. It's like you give, like you have an addict with problems and you take away the drugs, then that I can finally deal with their problems. You know, like this was like a like partying was just like all this stress if i party it goes away temporarily and another guy like uh a guy that he he said something i like he said basically when you're in like active addiction you're you're either feeling like complete one um 
one out of 10, like 10 being feeling great, one being feeling terrible. Yeah. You're either feeling like one or two until you get your, your, your shit in your system, your fix, and then you feel like a 10. And then when you're like sober and like actually going and like being productive and, and crushing through stuff, then it's on average a six or a seven. And then it gets up to a 10. And the difference between the 10 in act, active addiction and the 10 in the 10 in sobriety, um, it's like it's a real 10. Like the 10 in active addiction is like, Love yeah, it. I have this mansion and fucking saloon, yeah. all these fucking hookers around us and like fucking endless drugs and like we're all kind of broke. And I just like, yeah, this is awesome. It's glamorous. It's a nice room. It's like fun. And like everyone's beautiful, and like we have all these drugs, but like, why do I? Why do I not want to talk to anyone? Why do I only want to be by myself in my own room with my own stash, just like, fucking, hating everyone and hating myself, you know? And then once it stops, like dead. Compared to a ten nowadays, where it's just like, all right, I get to go to this fish show, I get to not get high at it, and like worry about maintaining a buzz, running too low on that buzz, or worry about this shit's illegal worrying about my safety you know like yeah like, being tweaked out being like too high and... not high enough too high and not high enough and then this this jam's too intense this music's too intense this music sucks and then like for like 20 minutes of like getting the buzz right and being like nice you know yeah uh compared to like the 10 now is like i get to go to the show i get to be present I get to not avoid all the people that I don't want to talk to because I'm too fucking geeked out. I get yeah. to not worry about safety and it's, a, I get to have like eat food instead of just like not eating food all day and like being ready to die at the end. And yeah, I just feel like it's, it's, it's just more wholesome. Like the 10 now compared to what the 10 was, it's like, it's, it's, it's the truth, you know? And it's that's really for me. I, mean, I, don't push, I don't push sobriety on anyone. Like if you want help, come come get some help but like i need to be sober you don't need to be sober or one doesn't need to be sober only i do yeah yeah that makes sense yeah it's really interesting that you say that i mean because that that's sort of what drugs do they send you from that one to that 10 just like instantly there's no build up there's no sort of like you've only got the one to the 10 and so comparing a 10 to a one it's just like this is absolutely amazing life's fucking great because i've just gone from miserable as shit to high and happy but then the problem with that is the next way down is straight back to one because you don't have that two, three, four, five, six to sort of yeah. fall back to. Whereas in totally, sobri- totally. sobriety life or, or, or I suppose not addiction life, you sort of got that like, okay, I'm feeling like shit. I got to do some things to get myself better. So you move yourself to a three, you move yourself to a five, you move yourself to a seven, eventually getting to a 10, but then you sort of go back straight back to seven or eight rather than dropping all the way back totally. to one, which is- And a- then when it goes back to those- those even when in sobriety when you're at i mean that seven that six seven is pretty fucking good man like you wake <laughs> yeah. up you gotta do um and you do it i mean i saw you talk to anyone in, like in recovery chances are they're gonna say i have a ton of work to do just like myself i have a shit ton of work to do still um and building but when it gets down to those levels of your in sobriety it's like the average six seven but it gets down to one, two, three, and four below average. It's like a shit day. Still all good because you have support. You have these close friends that like have have worked through what you worked through. Sometimes even worse, sometimes better. But you can hit people up for support. Like, yo, I'm having a shit day. Kind of want to get high. And you have help. You like, you, you can reach out to someone and say, like, 
Sam struggling today and they're actually there for you, you know, like yeah. it's, it's a really close circle. And That's another cool. thing, you actually get to help in, in this recovery thing. Like you get to help other people. Like I haven't sponsored anyone yet. I'm still working my steps, but people have like actively reached out to me and they're like, I need help. And I've set them up with people, tell them to go to meetings. And there's some people that are still sober, you know, and their life has gotten way, way better. And that's, that's kind of the rule of thumb with, with the program and stuff. Like if you want to use the best way to not use is reach out and help someone that's, that's in addiction. And like that wants to get out. Cause if I'm focusing on your helping you, then I takes away from my, my, uh, Sorrow my problem, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah gets me out of my own head and like helps, you know, it's being of service, you know? It's really interesting you say that because I mean, obviously it's not the same, but like in network marketing and stuff like that, when we have like a community, you have days where it's like tough and you're sort of struggling and you reach out to people who are doing the same thing. And it's just so much easier to get through those shitty days because you've got someone to talk to. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, am I, I'm probably doing the wrong thing. Like, I really feel like I'm having a shit day. I should quit. Or, you know, in your case, like, I just want to get high. And then someone's got, dude, don't worry, I've been there. Like, I know that feeling. Like, just just do this or just do that or let's do something completely different that you weren't even thinking about and maybe your mind might shift. And having those people to reach out to just makes such a difference. And then exactly. the best part about that is once you do get to those points where you've, you've had those enough shit days where you're like, I feel like this and someone's gone, well, why don't we do this? Or I feel like this and then someone goes, oh, let's do this instead. Then someone comes up to you and goes, I'm having a shit day. And you're like, well this 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 helped me or maybe try this it didn't help me and it's just that cascading effect and i think when you get into a community where everyone's in the same mindset everyone's got the same goal and everyone wants to help each other you just grow so much faster it's just 10 times easier to get get to where you want to be because people have been there they've done it so they know how to help doggo's hanging out with you yeah totally Where's Tomasa? Tomasa's downstairs, probably causing a ruckus. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I think it's it's obviously very very helpful to have that that community. Oh, totally. Support is everything. I mean, it's like I'm. I mean, I felt like I had. I'm a pretty social dude, and like I had, I've always had friends and stuff. But like once you once you really figure out what you want, which is really hard, that's where you get your close circle. Yeah. You know, like I have, I mean, my old, my old boss at, at this company, like I left on really, really good terms. I got fired, but I got, I, I left on, on really, really good terms. That's nice. And I mean, they've, they've gotten me clients. Um, they've set me up with, I mean, I'm doing some work for them. This, this, this Madison Square Garden fish run, like I'm going to help them out. Um, and it's just a start, like leave on, like just stay in good, in, in good touch with people and, and keep your circle open but small quality. you know yeah quality mm -hmm. not quantity quality, yeah. you know you want to write you know let the right people in with the right uh right intention you know not having 101 friends all trying to tell you the wrong thing that's not actually aligned with what you want i couldn't agree totally. more. so what happens when you've got through obviously as you said you're still going through your stages you're still in a progress what do you what do you sort of think about or what do you do when you have those shitty days obviously you, you can reach out to people but is there anything you tell yourself or like like a match or anything you sort of live by when you're like this is shit i so, want to get high what do i do now i mean i have 
uh my issues with like organized religion um mm -hmm. and that's kept me out of the they call it the rooms is like kept me out of the rooms of like the program and stuff programs are like staying in the room is like staying sober in the rooms um so getting in it was like it's, it's a spiritual based program you have like a higher power and stuff and like i was terrified of that like yeah. grew up orthodox church and like i'm atheist like but now i just like I mean, working the program, you come up with this concept of like a higher power. So like, if I'm having a shitty day, I like pray a little bit to my higher power, which yeah. is just like, it, it's, I mean, I, I would have laughed about it like a year ago. Like, <laughs> I don't know, I would have laughed at, at this in early society. Like, no way I'm not doing this, I'm not working the steps. Like this concept is just no. So I, I pray a little, like, I mean, I threw in the chips, I surrendered and i have this higher power and like my higher power like i pray about it. i prayed it yeah. uh, you know and it works you know like gets me out of my own head um reach out for support on these shitty days yeah just reach out support for support pray and then if it's a really bad day try to help someone else you know yeah. reach out to someone else in early early sobriety like hey like, you want to hop on a call i'm, I'm around you know it's really, really kind of a good meeting it's like a really good fallback it's like i'm really struggling now i'm gonna help someone else like yeah, yeah if everyone could do that in life like i'm hurting right now so instead of making it worse for someone else i'm gonna go and make someone else better that's why that's why i got mad love for the 12 steps you know i mean why not i mean it, i reckon if everyone could have that in their life without having to go through the 12 steps and just take that on as a regular thing like my day is so shit. i'm hating my life right now I'm going to go help an old lady with her bags. Like that's, that's how well, I'm going to get over it. You know what I mean? Well, like it's crazy, but it, might be better. it totally works. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's funny that you say like you originally would have laughed at the idea of a higher being. Cause I mean, I, I grew up in a Catholic family. I got baptized. I went to the, the Catholic school, but I mean, I'm not here to knock any religion or anything like that. I just don't believe in any one religion. I think they all end yeah, up preaching. Totally they all end up preaching the same thing. They all have the same sort of background, but as for a higher power, like I kind of, you know, the universal laws and that there is something else yeah. going on. I'm all for that. And I used to laugh at the concept a few years ago as well myself, but now I just see it in everything. There's so much connectivity and you can see so much mm -hmm. stuff. Like, I mean, if you're into the drugs, I'm sure like with DMT, you, that's in oh, everything. Really? And anyone who smokes that has the same visions and the same concepts and the same entities or whatever. And so, the concept of having a higher power or believing in something like actually believing in a universal connection or, or, or God, or totally. I think is super powerful. I agree. Yeah. That's the cool thing about AA. It's not like, I thought it was like a fucking straight Jesus program. Like I'm not becoming a Christian over getting sober. Like I saw this meme before I got, before I got sober. It's like the worst thing about, uh, the worst thing about getting sober is becoming Christian. I, I really, really, really <laughs> was the thing about like the program I'm in, which is Alcoholics Anonymous is, uh, you create your own higher power. It could be literally anything, you know, yeah. like you put on it, it's yours, you know, it's not everyone's, it's your higher power. So if you want to name it, I mean, I changed the name like three or four times and <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a connection, you know, I, I, I didn't mention that it would be my dog's name, Tomasa, to my sponsor, like, don't, don't do that, dude. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's it called? And I mean, my, my higher power, I call it big man. I mean, like big yeah. man is my joke. You call everyone big man. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like, you know, we can hook me up today, you know, look out for me today, you know? It makes sense. And, I mean, the big man is everyone, like, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, going back to DMT, DMT is super cool. I will never smoke it again. I smoked like, 
as an addict, I've, I've abused DMT, but yeah. it's a cool concept. Yeah, uh, I recommend everyone trying it at least once. It really puts you in touch. Uh, every time, remember every time I'd smoke DMT, I'd realize I'm fucking everything up. I gotta get my life straight. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's the one, one drug you yeah. take and realize that, oh my God, I gotta not take any more drugs, you know? Totally. totally. So I recommend anyone trying it, unless you're trying to stay sober, or you don't need to try it if you're already sober, but... I think it would. It, uh, I have a ton of respect for for what I've uh, what I've gotten out of it. You know. Yeah, it's a very. very it's also cool and fun, and then it's also cool and fun. You know? It's a very. I think it's a very spiritual and deep sort of drug, rather than like let's just get high. And, I mean, you, you can you can get really fucked up on it, but I think it, you know that's the main basis in ayahuasca as well. So some of those really big ceremonies and stuff. For spiritual journeys so i mean i'm not saying to anyone listening go take drugs but um yeah. but dmt is a hell of a drug i guess and if you're if you're in that yeah, zone, totally, the spiritual totally. aspect of it can really open your eyes and make you look at things a bit differently for sure but yeah so you went through that massive transformation and now your life is absolutely you're absolutely killing it do you want to tell us a bit of it so I, now i mean it's not like perfect but it's pretty damn good i got no yeah. complaints um like my brother just mentioned, he's like, dude, it's Thursday. It's almost the weekend. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything to me. I work every day, you know? Yeah. And I'm doing this fulfilling work where I get to like hop into these businesses and really like just help them scale and take the next step and like uncover stuff that they had no idea what was possible. And I mean, like I took, uh, like I was part of a C I'm helping the CBD brand. We've scaled them pretty massively. Um, there's a, what's it called? There's like another, I'm working with another great licensed Grateful Dead business. So that's super cool. I'm still in the Grateful Dead world. Um, it's just two people. And I just came in and like took on a ton of responsibility and their lives are now easier and we're scaling, you know? Nice. So I just like to hustle, you know, like I hustle wherever I can. Um, and I hustle when I, when people hire me to hustle for them and then on my own, I hustle like, when I'm on fish tour, like fish, fish ain't cheap. Like it's, it's expensive to travel city to city, hundred dollars a ticket per night. And when I, when I go see fit, when I go on fish, like I just did, um, 13 shows on the fall tour across Sacramento, San Francisco, Eugene, Oregon, Phoenix, San Diego, Los Angeles, Santa Barbara, and then Las Vegas. And half of those had like up to, um, like Vegas was four shows, uh, uh eugene was two shows so it's like multi-night runs and like every morning i'm up at like 9 a.m working on my computer to getting what i need to do done and then in the afternoons this is hilarious i sell baklava yeah, I think uh, in the parking lots and I actually dress as a hot dog yeah. and it's a whole joke but it makes money and i'm able to go see fish in a profitable manner you know like i sold i think like 14 or 1500 pieces of baklava for like I made like three, four bucks. Well, no, like, yeah, four, yeah, three to five dollars a piece, depending on what, like, what the product is, where I'm getting it from. And it's just like this hilarious joke. Like, I sell baklava on a fish parking lot. <laughs> That's right. Covers the damn tour. I'm like seeing fish profitably. I mean, it's not much profits after I spend all the money, but like, it's, it's the thing I want to be doing. I'm making money doing it. I'm working in the morning and going back to the sprite thing. Like, that would have never been possible. I yeah. wake up at four in, four in the afternoon and get ready for the show, you know, like the next day. Um, so I'm able to do all these things while hustling because I'm hustling, you know? And then I just kind of like put that 
into my everyday manner, like the like just see how you can save money. I mean, I spent a lot of money, but like see how you save money, not spend as much, and then make more. So like we went to Costa Rica last week. We we're supposed to go for two weeks. I realized once we got there, like I cannot be here for two weeks. I have way too much going on with work. Yeah. I'm just gonna I'm gonna book this extra flight. I can't get a refund on the other. So I'm gonna book this new flight, an extra 150 bucks, whatever. Um as long as I can get back to my desk and feel comfortable working instead of like shitty Wi-Fi and like distraction. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm really easy. And so I did it. I'm like, it's worth it. It's worth it to get this extra flight. And then I tried getting a refund. Of course, I tried getting a refund on, on the old one. Yep. They're like, no refunds. I'm like, fuck. So then yesterday I'm working or two days ago, I'm working. I was supposed to fly back two days ago, but I've already been back for like a week and a half. And uh, I got a, I got a notification. I got an email. Like, Your flight's a little delayed. <laughs> all right let's let's call him up get a refund like, yeah. Yeah, i'm already back i'm like hey dude like give me a refund i was supposed to like you guys are late and they're like okay you know? <laughs> look at that the, refund, the big man so comes into action where nice. can you uncover these I, I i keep that in everyday life and then when i work for people when i work on different brands it's like there's ways to get money like you know get the refund, you know, yeah. be nice. But like, Hey, you guys fuck me. Give me my, give me my money back. You know, if you want it, there's, there's ways to do it. That's it. Just have that, that, that heart and that drive and that passion. And I suppose having that from becoming sober, like you've obviously wanted something enough to become sober. And so now mm-hmm. you can sort of, as you said, put that into other things and keep that drive and passion. That's... And it goes to like, goes to like getting hooked up too. Like we went on the way to, we had a great flying experience. So like looking back at it, like on the way to Costa Rica, we wanted to sit first class, but it was like an extra four hundred dollars, and we bought them. We bought a big bag of M and M's. Yeah. And we had the flight. We got on the plane. This whole system: you get on the plane last, bring the M and M's. Like, make sure the first class seat is open. Even if it's not, you'll get like a better seat. Hand the M and M's to the flight attendant, and you're like, "Can I sit there? Can I sit in that first class seat?" And if freaking, I mean, it's worked like multiple times, you know. Nice. And this time, yeah, yeah, it worked this time. So it's like it's not only about like it's just like keep an open mind and yeah try to win you know like just always try to win there's opportunities everywhere and i mean if you don't ask you don't get right you always get to know if you don't ask the question and i think so many people are terrified of actually asking so you go up to someone Mm -hmm. and it's like oh you know can i have an upgrade but people 90 percent of people don't want to ask they're like oh it's rude oh i'm gonna get a no it's like well you're definitely gonna get a no if you don't ask that works sometimes. M and M's, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might have to use that trick. I mean, I, I have tried a couple of times asking, but I think the last on the plane with a bag of M and M's. I mean, who doesn't like M and M's? It's a genius idea. Genius like M and M's, we don't want. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so that that transfers across everything I got. Like, always try to get the best get the best deal. Always try to uncover the opportunities and always try to like take it on full on and, and win on them, you know, like easiest, like, and then with working like processes, like I'm writing, we, we have like an Airbnb competitor right now that hired us to, to optimize like, uh, it's like 1500 articles and it's like payment per article sweet. It's like a sweet, sweet gig. And yeah, let's hire some people to do it and then get the process dialed in no extra work you know like exactly what we need to do streamlined as possible and and keep it going you know so we have so right now i mean like with my business we have two writers we're about to hire one more hiring a project like econ by jake is 100 percent hiring um we have a developer we have a developer uh 
outsource designer and then looking to hire like a full-time project manager. It's just so much work that we're, we're turning down work right now. Oh, wow. That's some work. Yeah. That, that, that's, it's good that you've got the work coming, coming for you. Right. That's awesome. Well, what I'll do is I'll hit you with my final two questions and then I'll uh, let you give a little bit of a plug for your business right. if you want. So I've got two final questions. First one is, what would be the one thing you'd go back and tell your 17-year-old self? But I might say 16-year-old because that's kind of where your, your journey sort of started. Nothing. Nothing? Do exactly Do the same. Thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah. Wouldn't be, you wouldn't be where you are today, so <laughs> that's interesting. Just do exactly as uh-huh. I did. Yeah, there's two that I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even so, you know, like I wouldn't say like it's going to get better or just, just do the damn thing, you know? Nice. That's awesome. That's cool to hear. Now, question two, if you could have the answer to any question in the world, the complete truth about any question, what would that question be? Dude, on the spot, I don't know. <laughs> I love asking people this on the spot because they're like, what? what the fuck? When is tech going to get better? <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, I mean, tech's pretty awesome nowadays, but some of it just, it's just the most, one of the most frustrating things is like that I'm actually grateful, grateful for that that's the most frustrating thing is just like i mean this is kind of corny but like when i'm working like right now like iphones like they're just they're good but they're fucking shitty you know <laughs> everything like the world is just kind of needs to catch up i think like it's it's exact i guess it's exactly where it's supposed to be but i'm <laughs> wondering when, when we'll get better yeah. Yeah. it's exactly where it's supposed to be but i want it to be better that's like politics and religion and stuff but i don't know i, I like politics and stuff and just kind of like more of an observer I, I get frustrated with stuff like i mean i'm like i have tons of liberal li- like super liberal like united states politics like tons of liberal super far left super far right friends and i'd rather everyone just kind of like see the whole picture i don't think i see the whole picture yeah. but i wish people would kind of like stay in the middle and like appreciate the other side be open-minded as you said you know yeah like yeah appreciate the uh, the good points of the other side and then not actively condemn the points that you disagree with on the other side like i mean there's there's constructive ways to have a conversation like i don't know i I just want everyone to each other i think that's a skill set that many people need to learn but uh I mean, the thing with politics, I'm the same. I stay out of it, stay out of politics, stay yeah, out of religion. Yeah, I observe and stay frustrated. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, awesome, man. Well, it's been absolutely great. Now, you said your company's hiring. If you want to give a little bit of a shout-out or a plug to your company at all, feel free. Go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, basically, we're looking for someone that, like, can come in. It's, it's not, like, an immediate hire. I'd rather wait to hire the right person. Um, but someone who could just come in, create processes, be super versatile between e-commerce, uh, SEO, email marketing, ads, have some developing skills, really strong, strong communication skills, act as like a point of point of contact for clients, and basically work under create and work work side by side in strategy. So like we got a new client, it's like we're both creating a strategy. You're gonna get it on paper. You're gonna manage it completely. Um, we're going to manage it completely and hire where we need to hire and just deliver. And then on top of that, just someone who can come into like existing strategies and uncover super, super, just like, Hey, I figured out how to do this. Like I figured out this is an opportunity, you know, like let's implement our strategy and, uh, 
yeah, someone someone basically that, but like main like someone who could just destroy any any Shopify task, like set this up, set up these rules, set up these functions, fix these shipping zones. Someone who could build a site in WordPress and implement WooCommerce. Someone who can run a full on SEO campaign and like manage content and writers and backlinks and and just do the technical side of formatting a website properly and then strong design skills, running email, uh, email marketing campaigns. Um, usually I outsource my ads, like if someone needs ads. I just, I have a partner that does it, but someone that could like run ad campaigns, you know, and, and stuff like that. So someone who knows this shit. Yeah. Someone who knows this shit, you know, it's <laughs> coming, coming and dread, you know, is that full, uh, full-time work that you're looking for or part-time or casual? Um, once, once it's time to hire, it will be. Okay. Very nice. Well, mm-hmm. if uh, if you're listening to this podcast, feel free to jump in contact with me or how can they get in contact with you, Jake? Uh, email, Facebook, Instagram, Roy Donk. Roy Donk. And what's your yeah. email? What's that? What's your email? Uh, uh, Jake at Ecom by Jake. Jake at Ecom Very by nice. Jake. Well, you can hit Jake up with any inquiries that you've got there. All right, my man, it's been absolutely amazing to have you on, and thanks for uh, opening yeah, up a little totally. bit. Yeah, totally. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, it's cool to throw uh, throw my story out there. Um, yeah, if, if anyone needs help with sobriety, feel free to reach out. Um, I don't have the I don't have all the answers, but happy to have what I have to share. And uh, yeah, I hope to see you soon too, dude. Yeah, man, I hope so too. Well, it's been absolutely amazing. I really appreciate you opening up a little bit and showing us a little bit about your story and how far you've come and some of the changes you've made and some of the things that have helped you. Uh, yeah, anyone who is listening to this on a replay or watching live, definitely if you feel like you're in a situation where you need help or want help, uh, as Jake said, community is everything and having people around you is the key. So reach out to someone. Um, if you don't have anyone that you can reach out to, my inbox is always open. As Jake said, feel free to reach out to him and I'm sure you can find someone to contact in your local area. AA meetings, something online, uh, just be sure to reach out and ask for help because uh, that's the very first step. And having someone to help you along is going to be 10 times easier than going through the battles on your own. So with that said, Jake, my man, it's been absolutely great. I look forward to catching up to you soon. Thank you very much. This is the last episode of the Success Shift for 2021. We're taking next week off and coming back next year with a whole bunch of new guests new lineups and continuously growing this show. As I said at the start, this is a trial and error kind of show. I've started not knowing what I'm doing and I'm continuing on not knowing what I'm doing. And learning you're doing it, brother. I love it. I love it. You're, you're good at this. Cheers, man. I really appreciate it. All right. Awesome. Well, I'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks, brother. Merry yeah. Christmas to everyone. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Kwanzaa, oh, whatever yeah. it is for you guys as yeah, well. Whatever it is, man. All right. Well, peace out. <laughs> and you guys. We'll uh, speak to you soon. See you, Jake. Sweet. Peace, love.